Welcome to Fertile Minds Radio. Here you'll find wisdom for your fertility journey and beyond, chosen specifically to help you trust your body and elevate your spirit so you can enjoy the process. Join us and see what a fertile mind feels like. Now your host, Hilary Talbot Rowland. This podcast is a proud member of Parents on Demand, a network of high-quality shows for families just like yours. Download our free network app on Apple and Android and listen to your favorite episodes on the go. Good morning, my lovelies. You are listening to episode 53, How to Survive the Two-Week Wait. I'm your host, Hilary Talbot-Roland, your go-to gal for all of the things that your doctors don't necessarily have the time to talk to you about when it comes to fertility and pregnancy and birth. So let's get started. I'm just coming back from a Thanksgiving break where I had a lovely four days off with my family, completely unstructured. And it actually prompted this episode because I realized how much I love structure. I love having things to do at a set time and obligations to be met and checking things off of my to-do list. Who's with me? You know, if there's any other type A'ers out there listening, you know exactly what I'm referring to. You know, it's, it's nice to have relaxation and unstructured time, but at a certain point, your mind can go a little wonky, especially if you are waiting for something really exciting. So that's how this episode came to be a topic that got pushed ahead of some of the rest. This is something that happens all the time with many of my fertility challenged patients is this kind of emotional roller coaster of, you know, you thought this was the month for sure. It turns out it's not. You have your period, you go through a couple days of grief, you know, maybe one, if you let yourself, hopefully you're letting some of those emotions out in a healthy manner during your period instead of stuffing them down. And then we get really hopeful as we come into this follicular phase of our cycle, getting ready to try again, so to speak. And then we get our positive OPK test telling us that it's a a fertile time or you see cervical mucus, or, you know, maybe hopefully you're one of those women or couples that are just trying every other day nonchalantly throughout your fertile cycle or your fertile window of maybe eight to 10 days. And then we wait. And I'm not sure if this wait is worse than the wait of when you have a baby, like when you, especially your first baby, when it's common to go towards 42 weeks and you just, you're done being pregnant, you want to meet your child and you want that baby out. It can be really difficult to just sit and be, you know, says the woman that teaches meditation. I get it. Um, And so that's why I wanted to kind of give you some reminders and some pointers of things that you can do, including structure. I think it's really important to still have those structures to your days and to make other things a priority. It's kind of to take your mind off of this weight, right? It's like a a watch kettle never boils, that, that whole saying. I think it's so true is that we can get lost inside ourselves as we wait to be able to take a test. And sometimes women will test early and it'll be a negative, but it's really a false negative because they tested too early. I see this all the time in IVF cycles where they just can't wait to take that blood test and they'll take a urine test and it's just a day early. And that can be devastating and there's no reason for that. So today we're just going to go through some examples of things that you can do to take your mind off of this two-week wait. It's not rocket science. It's just some reminders of what you could do because I know all too well that it's a cruel joke that 
PMS symptoms are basically the same as pregnancy symptoms, right? Your breasts may be sore, you're fatigued, you may feel a little nauseous, you may be constipated. All of those things can be symptoms for pregnancy or symptoms for PMS. And I just want to kind of take the focus off of your body and put it on your external life and you being really present and showing up for things that are going to feed you and nurture you as a whole woman. So self-care. Okay. Number one thing, you can still take a warm bath. You can schedule a massage. If you're worried about it being too invasive for the massage, then schedule with a trusted practitioner or a prenatal type of massage where they're going to go a little bit lighter. Or if that idea totally freaks you out of massage anywhere in your lower back around the time, this time around pregnancy, then I suggest a facial or a manicure or a pedicure. There are tons of things that you can do as a treat to yourself to really just drop in and relax that don't involve pressure around the lower back. Now, there's also the thing that you thought I was going to say right off the bat, probably meditation. There's lots to choose from on this podcast. I encourage you to really make this a time where you start your day with meditation. There's several scientific studies that show what you're exposed to in the first 12 minutes of your day sets the trajectory for whether you're going to have a positive or negative outlook for your entire day. I can't think of a time where this is more important than during this two-week wait. So before you look at social media, before you look at your email or your text messages, just quite literally sitting up in bed and meditating for five minutes even. It doesn't have to be long 30-minute session, but just something as simple as watching the breath or doing a mantra practice or any of these mini mindful sessions that are on the podcast can be super, super helpful. If you've had a stressful day, I also encourage you to bookend this at the end of your day to do this before bed so that you sleep better. There's a process called recapitulation, which just involves two minutes of watching yourself throughout your day from when you got up until the day ended in your memory, just kind of cataloging what happened. Now, if you get into the area of judgment or emotionality around observing what happened in your day, you've taken it too far. It should take no longer than two minutes of just watching yourself. Okay, I got up, I meditated, then I went to the bathroom, then I walked the dog, then I made breakfast, then I took a shower, then I left for work, I had an impressive meeting, then I had a lunch date with my girlfriend, then I went back to work and pretended to work or whatever it was that happened, and then you came home and then you had dinner and you walked the dog again, so on and so forth, okay? Just very matter of fact. And what this does is it helps your brain to file the day's events and you actually will hit REM faster, okay? So meditation, starting the day and ending the day can be as quick as two to five minutes in the morning and at night. Okay. So this is not a huge time suck. And then I would also recommend that anytime during the day that you start to feel like you are getting carried down that rabbit hole of, oh my God, what if I'm pregnant? Is this sign mean this? That you do the pattern interrupt of 16 seconds. We did a whole mini mindful episode on that. It simply involves breathing for 16 seconds. You inhale for four you hold for four, you exhale for four, and you hold again for four, okay? Again, easy peasy, 16 seconds. The key is, though, is that you watch your breath. You use that part of your mind that's listening to me to allow your breath to anchor you as you just observe and you interrupt that fury of thoughts about waiting. 
about being pregnant. And you do this as many times as it takes. Eventually, this becomes habit. And anytime you start to notice that you're having a stress response, this kicks in and bam, you are in control of your nervous system once again, not riding off into the sunset of fight or flight, but you are actually keeping your nervous system into that lovely place of rest and digest or breed and feed. Also the same exact part of your nervous system. Because when you are calm, your body wants to create life. When you are in fight or flight, your body is scared to create life, right? It's sending the message that conditions may not be right. Now, keep in mind, this part of your brain is very primal, right? It does not know the difference between your email dinger and a saber-toothed tiger. It thinks it's the same thing. You have to train it otherwise. My third option is date night. And it's date night with your partner. And the conversation of fertility is off topic. You tell your partner that you just want to enjoy them and you want to not focus on the fertility aspect of your life, that this is about reconnecting the two of you. I also recommend that you employ your partner and maybe give them a code word if they know you really well. So if they can see, like my husband can see me when I get into negative thought patterns, he will literally come up behind me and kind of touch my shoulders and he'll say, there goes that smoke again. Like he can see that my brain is going a million miles an hour and I'm really like tearing into something negative. And he just reminds me to breathe if I can't remind myself. You can do the same thing with your partner when it comes to fertility. So if you think about a funny code word between the two of you, this also works in public situations because he can just look at you and say something funny like, hey, babe, you're kangarooing again. And nobody else needs to know what you're talking about, but you can have a little giggle about it too. That also works as a pattern interrupt. Another option is to start a gratitude practice. Okay, so Maybe instead of meditation or after meditation, you just take the time to write down a couple things that you are grateful for. And not just thinking about gratitude, but remembering how it makes you feel when you're grateful for something. So letting these things flow through you, because what that does is it tricks your brain into basically a small three-second burst of oxytocin, which enables your nervous system to stay in that breed and freed. It also helps you to be in a state of trust because that is what the hormone oxytocin does. It's this brilliant ability to befriend any person or any situation and to trust the situation. And this is anthropologically speaking, a really cool adaptation. And in fact, women actually tend to have more propensity for oxytocin than men. And this was thought to be uh, an adaptation of hunter-gatherer days. So if you think about when we were very largely tribal people and the men would be off hunting, maybe in a hunting party or gathering, and the women would stay behind with the children, if a stranger descended upon the camp, the women actually had to tend and befriend them until they could figure out if they were a threat. So they had to meet them with open arms and kind of welcome them in until they could decide, hey, this one's not to be trusted and tell the other matriarchs of the tribe to watch out for this one until the men got back as if to not unleash fear amongst everybody else that was still in the camp. So a really cool hormone that does more than allow you to have birth because that's really its main job in our bodies is to help with birth and breastfeeding. But it does more than that. It helps you to trust. 
So gratitude practice is a great way to start to develop that. And if you can develop that before you get pregnant, this definitely bodes well for your two-week wait when you're waiting for your baby to come out of your body. Exercise is one that I feel like gets a bad rap because everybody feels like they're so worried about interfering with implantation, which I will give you. Unless you are a tried and true triathlete or marathon runner, we don't necessarily want you running during this two-week wait potential implantation time, especially if you've had challenges with fertility in the past. However, this does not mean that you don't have to do any exercise at all, okay? So Meeting with a friend to go on a walk or hike or to walk your dogs together, doing a restorative yoga yin class where, you know, you're really dropping into your body and there's no crazy twists or super hard inversions or, you know, you're not in a super heated room. That would be perfectly advisable. And in fact, if you could do that every day, I think it would just be so wonderful for your body and your psyche and potentially your growing embryo in there. So don't think that you can't do any exercise at all. We just don't want heavy impact. So running, basically. You can bike, you can do yoga, you can swim, you can do the pre-core or the elliptical machine. And you can do light weightlifting. We just don't want you holding your breath and doing really heavy weight because it can create pressure on the abdominal cavity, okay? So you can maybe drop your weight to half of what you usually do if you're big into weightlifting just to keep your muscles moving and, you know, and also keep you somewhat distracted. My other idea is to go out shopping. Now, don't break the bank because this can be a stress coping mechanism that some of us unwittingly do is spending too much money when we're stressed. But set yourself a limit of maybe, say, $50 and go buy yourself some sexy lingerie and come home and have a pattern interrupt with your partner. Because if you've been quote unquote trying for a while, Your partner's probably gotten used to this, like, she loves me for 10 days when she's fertile, and then she has so much anxiety and we don't have sex those other two weeks. And I hope that that's not happening. But if it is, I would really encourage you to have a pattern interrupt here, okay? Sex is not going to deter your child from implanting, okay? Um, If you're really worried about that, implantation typically happens five to eight days post-fertilization. So if you know when your peak fertile window is, you can count those three days out. So let's say that you had peak fertility on 14 and you had sex on day 13. So we're going to say that you fertilized on day 14 plus five days would be 19. And then the window to that would be 19 to 21. So those three days, fine. If it's going to stress you out, take that out of the equation. But those other 11 days in that cycle can be really great for connecting with your partner and a pattern interrupt and helping them to feel like they have more in this relationship than just being a baby donor, because sometimes that can happen too, but they don't dare say anything to you about it. My other tip is to stay off social media. Take a break. You may have noticed that a lot of podcasts out there do Facebook community groups, which I think is great. I think it's a good to be able to have that support from other women that are trying. I do not because I feel like social media is such a hard thing for so many of us. I mean, you can look at the many studies that point out that it increases depression in a lot of people. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out why. People having highly curated lives, seeing things that you don't mean to see or intend to see like ex-lovers with children or somebody's baby announcement. These are all things that can send you off a cliff during this two-week wait when you're really sometimes in a fragile state, right? 
So make a deal with yourself. If you have to be on social media for work, you're in and out. Check your timers. See how much time you're spending on there. Maybe even set your timer like you would do for a child of how many minutes they're allowed to have on certain social media applications and get in and out and do what you need to do. If it's going to that support page, go to that support page, but don't look at your feed. Don't get swept into a bunch of other stuff that could potentially take your nervous system off a cliff. Meal prep or cooking for yourself is an excellent way to stay distracted and also do something really nurturing for yourself, you know, especially if you practice mindfulness while you do it. So being very present as you cut the vegetables and thinking about how much love you're pouring into this food for you and your partner, how it's going to nurture your body and potentially growing embryo if there's one there. But regardless, that even if your body is not growing a baby right now, that it is still deserving of highly nutritious food, that it's still deserving of your time to make this food. Okay. So I'll put a little link to a great meal prep shopping list from one of my mentors, Aviva Ram, and it comes with great recipes for an entire week, three meals a day, and it's hormone friendly and it's super easy. And they're actually really delicious recipes. I've tried them myself. So this isn't just something I'm telling you to go out and do. They are delicious. And so I'll make it super easy peasy for you in this episode's uh, notes, which you can find at ladypotions.com forward slash episode 53. Okay. Laughter. Laughter is super important, right? Because it brings us joy, not pleasure, but joy. Okay. So think about the difference between those things, right? Pleasure is something usually that we do in the moment to feel better. You know, like sex can bring us pleasure, right? Food typically brings us pleasure while we're eating it. Now, cooking probably brings us more joy than pleasure, unless you absolutely hate cooking. So you see the kind of the difference here that I'm getting at? Joy opens the heart. It's also the antidote to fear. So doing something that provides you joy can be really beneficial during this time so that you stay out of fear of what if it doesn't happen this month, right? And laughter is one of those ways. So maybe you queue up some comedies on Netflix. You know, maybe you invite a girlfriend over or you have some funny movie night with your husband or your partner and you each pick one that's just ridiculous, right? And let yourself literally laugh out loud. Let yourself have joy. Let it be a pattern interrupt. My other tip is to give yourself permission during this time to stop researching fertility. So to stop looking down rabbit holes of crazy questions that you have and to just simply be with your body. And then my one of my other tips is a girl's night out. And I know you might be thinking, why am I going to go on a girl's night out? I'm not drinking. I'm talking about the type of girl's night out that is nurturing, okay? And P.S., you can have a glass of wine if that suits your personality because the placenta is actually not formed until eight weeks, okay? So you have the way that pregnancy is counted from your last period, right? From fertilization, you have four more weeks until the placenta is actually thriving on its own and things are crossing that barrier. So, you know, God was really smart when he gave us this little window of 
oops opportunity, I guess you should say, of like if anything, you know, not great went into your body, it was going to be okay. Now, I'm not saying that this is permission to drink every day or to eat terribly. I'm just saying that if you've been really, really strict with yourself up until this point, maybe there's a cheat meal in here, or maybe there is a glass of wine to help you relax and come down off the ceiling and just enjoy the presence of your friends, okay? Now, if you are someone whose personality cannot allow that and you are at all or nothing, then disregard this one. But I just want to put it out there that you don't have to be perfect all of the time. And then my last option is to volunteer. I feel like this is something that is sorely overlooked in our society. And it used to be kind of a a mainstay in society of how we felt good and how we felt good about our community and ourselves and our role in it. And it can be highly, highly distracting. So if you've ever been in a situation where you've volunteered, like so I remember when I was in undergraduate school, I did some volunteering with one of my classes with handicapped children. And I remember walking away from that at a, you know, at a young age, I think I was like 19, and explaining to my mom that I couldn't help but be present, right? They commanded my attention, basically, right? And these children were so full of joy, of the littlest things, that it really got me out of my head. And at the time, I was actually battling depression, and it was this huge eye-opener for me about if we just let the world around us in, it can completely change our perspective. And especially when our intention is to do good for another, when we take ourselves out of the equation and essentially get over ourselves, it can completely and drastically change our mood. So this time of year, if you're listening in real time, there are all kinds of opportunities to volunteer from wrapping gifts or shopping for a family or going to a soup kitchen, or delivering meals. You know, Meals on Wheels is one in my area for the elderly, because we have tons of elderly here in Florida, that is always accepting volunteers. You know, if you happen to be a person that is good with death, if you have that skill set, you know, volunteering at hospice, uh, especially if you have a medical background, there are even opportunities to be baby holders in the NICUs in some hospitals. uh, And that can give you a really firm understanding of what it's like to have a high need child, which may shape your decision-making process when it comes to how you go about getting pregnant, right? So I think that there are just endless opportunities out there in terms of volunteering and really doing something to fill your time and to command your presence, to get out of your head, to get out of this what if two week wake period and just show up for your life. That is my hope for you. So I hope that these have been good reminders because I know that you probably quote unquote know them, but sometimes we have to have somebody else point them out that this can help. So I hope that you'll pick one or two or maybe three or four, or if you're like me, you'll schedule them into your calendar because if it's not on your calendar, it's probably not going to happen and that you'll follow through on them. And then you'll just take a little bit of time at the end of this two-week wait and see how it compares to another time period when maybe you didn't show up for yourself when you were consumed with this wait and see what the difference is. And then go from there about deciding how you will experience this two-week wait going forward. Thank you for taking the time to listen today and for sharing this show with your friends, your loved ones, your sisters. It means the world to me that you take the time to help others. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Fertile Minds Radio, hosted at www.ladyportions.com. 
where you'll find past episodes, show notes, and free meditations. If you've benefited from what you've heard, leave a comment or review so it makes it easier for others to find this valuable wisdom. Let's help elevate each other. Thanks for listening.